I'm your host, Vic Choksi, and this is Victory Lab. The premise behind Victory Lap is simple. It's to have on luminaries from the sports, entertainment, and media worlds to talk about their journey, and most notably, one victory that helped them reach their goal. On today's episode, I speak with Tyler Jones. Tyler is the Deputy Athletics Director at Cleveland State University. Tyler, welcome to the show. I'm privileged to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. To start, let's go back a little bit in time. What sparked your passion in sports? My father is really the the catalyst of my career. From his perspective, right, he had me and my family. He started a family at about 20, 23 years old, 24 years old, and basketball was his passion. So I can remember as a kid, like as early as like seven or eight years old, where my dad would get up in the morning, like 6 a.m. to go play basketball with his buddies outside. That was like a thing back in the 80s, right? You didn't play in the gym. You played outside the court in the summer and the guys would get up early because it was so hot outside. And I remember getting up and my dad said, hey, if you want to come come with me, you have to be up and ready by the door at a certain time. And I remember like getting up late and not being ready and he would leave me and I'd be upset. So (laughs) that dedication and passion of getting up early to spend that time with your dad, right, to sharing that passion of basketball really instilled in me just the love of the game. Right. So it really starts with my dad of really putting a ball in my crib as a baby. And I'm from Detroit, so watching the bad boy Pistons. And so it started off at a really young age with with my father, certainly. You know, when did you know you wanted to work in sports? Has it been a linear route, would you say? Or, you know, talk talk to me about that just in general. The interest started when I was a student athlete at Eastern Michigan. So growing up, um, my dad played college basketball, played Division three college basketball, and education was was important to our family. So it was our face, our family, school, and then sport in that order, right? So I, I knew I wanted to go to college. Um, my dad talked about his college experience. He was a, a kid from Detroit. He went to a school in a predominantly white area. He just talked about just the experience of college and how he grew and, and what he learned. So the 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 goal of, of going to college and being a student athlete was there when I was young. So when I when I was afforded that opportunity to play collegiately, um, that's where I kind of saw like, hey, what's this thing behind sport? Who and what contributes to my student athlete experience? And the part that was a seminal moment for me, I didn't really appreciate it until now in my career is that I saw people that looked like me in those roles. So as a student athlete at Eastern Michigan, our athletics director was African-American. He was a younger guy, former football player, our senior women's administrator. So in college talk, your senior woman administrator is your highest ranking female administrator. She was African-American. Our men's basketball coach was African-American. Our women's basketball coach was African-American. Our baseball coach was African-American. So that part, I started to kind of pause, look around me, see these folks in leadership roles. And I, and that sparked my curiosity of, okay, I'm a student athlete. I play football here. I play basketball here. I see people around that look like me. And I wanted to ask the question, what do you do? Right? So I see you, you're wearing a suit or you're leading meetings. What do you do? Right? Is the first question. The second question is, well, okay, I understand what you do. How did you get there? 
it went from curiosity. I'm curious. These people kind of look like me, similar backgrounds. So the curiosity manifested into interest. Okay, they, they explain what they do, their path. Now I'm interested. And then from interest to, I think I can do this. This may be my passion, right? So that that was my path. That kind of sparked some of my purpose. And, you know, 10 plus years later, I'm in a similar role. I served at Cleveland State University as the deputy athletics director, and now I'm able to help guide and mold and inspire young people. So that's just the story. It's not necessarily linear. It's more of I took a step back and and started to acknowledge and and recognize what's happening around me. Curiosity was sparked by representation, people that that are looking like me in these roles. I don't don't think I would have had that level of curiosity if there wasn't proper representation, right? And and, and that has really driven me into this line of work and, and, and guiding and inspiring young people. Before you became an AD at Cleveland State, let's talk about some of the other jobs you had. So you're done with the athlete life, right? You know, what was your job out of college? How was that? Just finishing (laughs) up athlete life? It's a different world, right? Yeah, it it is. It's a beautiful nightmare. It's what I I tell people, right? (laughs) Because as athletes, there's really two sides of the coin, right? And you can use both sides. I think being an athlete, it's ingrained in you some really important characteristics and attributes, teamwork, sacrifice, discipline, work ethic. Those are the things that just inherently is a part of you as you grow up in competitive sports, right? That also attributes to success in other ventures and thinking beyond yourself as a teammate, right? Those things attribute to to successful people, right? But on the other end, I think it's a little bit of anxiety, right? And that's where you have to separate your your identity. So as student athletes, and when I mentor student athletes, it's who are you, not what are you, right? So folks will identify themselves as, hey, I'm a tennis player. I've been playing tennis my whole life, right? Or I am a track and field athlete. The part where some of our young people, they, they, they struggle when they go through that transition is trying to separate themselves. No, I am a black. I'm a black man. I am a husband. Right. I am a sibling. I'm a former student athlete. That's not who you are. So the, the challenge and I can just speak from my experience, the challenge is trying to separate myself and, and understand who I am as a person and not just identify my life, who I am as an athlete. And that transition can, is tough for some from, for some young people. Uh, I, certainly, it was tough for me to, to somewhat reinvent myself, in, in a sense, and to find my purpose and my passion it is, a, is an endeavor that is difficult for anyone. Yeah. It's, it's, not just a, it's not just an acute issue with athletes and former athletes. Um, and then that coupled with you becoming an adult. Right. So you go from this adolescence of I'm a college athlete, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm going through this, this change. Right. And then you graduate college and what's next. Right. A lot of a lot of kids, a lot of young people that aren't athletes go through that. Right. They go to college and they have a degree and they're hanging out on their parents couch for a couple of years or they're, (laughs) they're going out and going hiking and trying to find themselves in that gap year. So that's a challenge for many young people, but that coupled with the challenge for an athlete where they have identified with that sport for the last 20 years of their life and then boom, it changes. 
that's very difficult. So, so for me, I was fortunate enough to, after I was done with my athletic experience, uh, I was a graduate assistant. So uh, from there, I was able to do two things, further my educational pursuits, but also to learn a little bit more about the business of intercollegiate athletics. So I did that for two years. It is not a lucrative career. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're not paid very well. Yeah. But what you are paid in is an experience. So I did that for two years at my alma mater at Eastern Michigan. And then from there, I took another intern type postgraduate assistantship at the University of Tennessee. Again, you don't get paid in, in dollars, really. You really get paid in, in experience in networking. So I did that for a year. And then that's where my career started to somewhat stabilize. So then I had my, my full-time experience at Eastern Michigan. And then I spent seven years at Ohio State University in, in administration. And I've been serving at Cleveland State for the past 14 months. You touched on some big points, just adulthood, post-college, mm-hmm. post-athletes, right? That All those things are reality. It's tough for no matter who goes through it, like you said. And so I love that answer. When it comes to your journey, you touched on the different experiences that you had. Ohio State is one of the biggest programs in the world, right? And so is that where you really learned the crux of the business side, networking, everything to help you get to where you are? Or, you know, every part of your journey helped you throughout the way? I I would say probably both of those answers. I think every, every stop was purposeful. If it wasn't, I, I would be disappointed in myself that I didn't take that opportunity to, to learn and grow. So I'll, I'll quickly kind of go through each stop. Um, at Eastern Michigan, that, that's where I had a better understanding of how intercollegiate athletics contributes to a young person's life and how athletics can can change the trajectory of someone's life. It, def- it certainly changed the tra- trajectory of my life, right? And that's where I understood the importance of access and opportunity. Then at the University of Tennessee, that's where I was able to appreciate the importance of diversity and how diversity can really impact you, right? So I went from an environment that was pretty inclusive and to the University of Tennessee that it wasn't. It was just that was a different part of the country, not to speak ill of, of that institution. It was just different. It was different. And, and I learned so much about myself. In that experience, I was able to network and grow and to learn from people that had different experiences than me. And I was able to share that with those individuals and they were able to share that with me. And I think I grew tremendously through that experience. And then at Ohio State University, I understood what it meant to be elite, right? So now you're you're amongst people that are elite at their job. I really enjoyed that challenge. It reminded me of being a, an athlete. You're competing every day. You're you're competing to be the best in what you do, right? So, the the culture of being elite was important. Uh, the people, understanding people, um, and then now at Cleveland State University, I'm able to really take all of those experiences and then implement them in this experience. And I've enjoyed it the first year or so here at Cleveland State. So that that's kind of each step that I think I, I, I was able to contribute to my overall experience in this role. When, it, when you're looking back on some of your journey, obviously everything is not coming up smelling roses, right? Like what are some hurdles you faced along the way? I know when me and you talked offline, for example, like when it comes to family support, right? I mean, these are some things you need when you're working in sports, but just in general, what are some hurdles you faced along the way? I look at them as not necessarily hurdles, but learning opportunities. 
you have to be mindful and have a plan. I think sometimes, and I've just been lucky. I can't say that I had a bulletproof plan when I first started this thing, right? Some of it is that people poured into my life that that I am forever grateful for, mentors, people that cared about me. Um, but it, I, I think if I can do it all over again or some some areas where I stumble, it's not necessarily having a plan out the gate. Um, I just trusted that, hey, I'm going to just grind through it. And I did. And it worked out. But if I was giving advice to my younger self is, hey, Tyler, sit down and map out a plan, develop a growth plan, right? Develop and write down and memorialize your core values, right? Memorialize on paper. What is your passion? I didn't really think about that until, you know, halfway through my career, sitting down and being more intentional on what I want, right? So I, I think I struggled at the beginning of, of trying to determine, you know, what does the, does the future look like? You know, what are my core values as it relates to my personal life and then my business life, right? In my career. So that that's one bit. I, that was a hurdle or a challenge that I experienced early in my career that I'm so grateful that I did because that really helped me realize that I, as I started to make more long-term decisions in terms of starting a family and career, if, if I wouldn't have had that, that hurdle at the beginning, I think I would have been, it would have been even more challenging trying to architect your plan and build those things when you're in your, your, your mid to late 20s or 30s, right? So to be able to experience that early in my career was certainly a blessing. It's definitely good advice. I would say, you know, for anybody listening that knows me, I'm always open, like reach out. If you need help with any of this kind of stuff, I'd love to kind of share my insight on that as well. But looking at your job now, shifting gears back to your job, what's your typical day or work week like? Is every day an adventure or is, you know, do you have kind of a set schedule when it comes to everything that you do as an AD? Yeah. So in my role as the deputy AD, I'm, I'm somewhat as like the number two. I try to equate it to sports, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's just what, so, I, so let's take football, for example. I, I look at my role and I play football in college as well. And I, I play quarterback and receiver. So I look at my, my role as like, I'm the offensive coordinator of, of the athletics department. So if, if you're a football guy or gal, you have like a game plan. That's kind of like my schedule for the day. I got, I got a game plan. I have things I want to get accomplished. Right. And then you, your day starts and that's the game. And then the game happens, right? And then there's things within the game that change. And maybe you're you're down 20 points in the first quarter and you have this game plan, you throw out the window and you just tackle the day. That's how I approach it. So every day I have a game plan. Um, I, I try to go through that punch list of things every day, but I also work with people and we're, I'm in a people business. So um, I manage and work with folks that are between the ages of, seven, 18 years old as freshman student athletes and some of their issues and challenges and, and, and things. And then I manage staff that are, you know, 45 years old. So yeah. that's a huge spectrum. So it's, I'm in a people business. So I'm here to, to help support, manage and encourage and motivate people. So that's a part of my, my world, right? So that is very dynamic when you're managing people. Um, so that's a part of my scope, but also I, I do manage a number of revenue verticals, like areas that, that drive revenue. And that's more of the business side of intercollegiate athletics. So I'm responsible for generating revenue and dollars 
to the university to help us fund what we're trying to do, right, is to, to create transformational experiences for our student athletes. And that takes dollars, right? So yep. my, my responsibility is how do I help pump money into our program to help support these young people, right, in their goals? So that's more on the business side. So I have meetings. Uh, we, we do corporate sponsorships, development and philanthropy, marketing and sales. So that side of the shop is more business-like. So you have schedules, Zoom meetings with partners, with supporters, so on and so forth. And then the other piece is athletic events. So in, in intercollegiate athletics, people are watching sports. Yep. So that's another part of my job is how do we create uh, an experience for fans, hopefully soon with COVID, but welcoming people into our venues welcoming supporters, family, friends, alumni to go out and watch our young people compete. And what does that experience look like? Are they having an enjoyable experience? So that's kind of my job scope is all over the place. Yeah. Again, it's a people business is managing people and helping them grow. It's a business function of generating revenue, but also there's a customer service and experiential perspective too that, that I manage. So there's no day is the same. I love what I do. I enjoy the fact that I'm not behind a desk every day. I'm out and about, you know, at, at practices, talking with coaches, talking with student athletes, engaging with the community. It's it's literally a dream job for an individual like myself that enjoys sport and understands how athletics can contribute to someone's life. You So you talked, let's talk a little dollars and cents, right? You, you talked about COVID, obviously, that is kind of the big wild card this year when it comes sure. to collegiate sports, right? And, and pro sports are at a different level. They have the money, they have the resources. Mm-hmm. How has COVID affected your job? And what do you think is going to happen this year? I'll kind of attack it from just a 30,000 foot view. Yep. COVID is, is impacting just how intercollegiate athletics is working and will work for the immediate future and beyond. And you can see it on ESPN. You can see it on, on any news channel that COVID is impacting intercollegiate athletics on multiple levels, not just your your Ohio States, your Southern California, like those bigger institutions to Division Two, II, Division Three, junior college. It's impacting our enterprise significantly um, financially. Right. That That's one part that's probably the most polarizing because you can see the dollars, but it's impacting people. Like people are impacted, right? These student athletes, their dream was to compete in in college, right? Their dream was to return to campus and have that experience, and it's impacted. There, there are our student athletes are back to campus, and it's great to see them. But that 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 experience is modified a bit due to COVID. So it's not that that same experience for that senior, right? Last year is much different. So it's also impacting the people, not just the dollars, but the people and the experience. And then lastly, it's from a positive perspective, COVID is, is, is in my perspective, shown how important sport is to our culture here in the United States. Athletics brings people together. Sport brings people together from all walks of life Uh, amidst COVID and seeing that sport uh, not being a part of our tapestry is is disappointing and, and it's it's impacting other people as well. So from a challenge perspective, it's been it's tough to see people impacted, student athletes, their goals, their dreams impacted. Financially, it's been a, a tough part of it. But I think it's also been a, a positive thing of how important sport is to our culture. And I hope that people don't take it for granted, right? And hopefully once we get back to some normalcy, people are 
appreciative of what sport affords them, how sport contributes to what we do on a day-to-day basis. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. Uh, <laughs> I, I try to look at things from as a, a, glass, a glass half full, but I'm certainly understanding and aware that, that our, our enterprise and, and our business of intercollegiate athletics is certainly impacted and it's, it's, it's disappointing. It's tough. It, that was a well said that you definitely answered the question. And I'm like you, I'm optimistic. I'm always optimistic. And I feel like we have to be and l- let's hope that we get back to some normalcy soon, right? Uh, when it comes to all this stuff and, and whether right. it's sports, whether it's life, I mean, we're seeing social issues, everything that mm-hmm. we've seen, right? Um, we, we need change. We need, sure. there has to be something that happens. And maybe this COVID has kind of helped put the spotlight on a lot of other issues that normally just kind of got pushed under the rug Mm -hmm. because we're all just so busy with our lives, right? Like we're to the point where we don't have time for our families because we're working all the Mm -hmm. time and we don't have time for issues and we, because just that's life. Everyone's always on the move on the go. So, you know, hopefully this has brings about some real change and and that's kind of how I'm trying to look at it. I'm trying to look at it like, when else am I going to get this time with my family? And yeah. again, this is being real. Like, I love my kids. I am daddy daycare. <laughs> but, you know, this is kind of put things into perspective for me where it's like, I'm trying to make the best of it and appreciate the time that I have with my family right now. And then also try to open my eyes to bigger picture issues in the world as well. Um, no, you're you know, spot on. I think it's COVID. It's, it's really afforded people a moment of pause. Like we were able to pause and acknowledge what's happening around us uh, positively, right? So for, from your perspective, it's getting, getting the chance to, to really engage with your kids. And also it's, it's been a moment of pause to acknowledge what's happening outside of our kind of our sphere, right? Of, of home life, family life, to take a moment to, to, to pause and look beyond that, right? Social injustice, police brutality, right? our economy, um, things that, you know, maybe doesn't, don't impact specific people on the daily, right? That they can take a moment and say, wow, I didn't know this was happening in this region of the country. I didn't know that this was happening in this region of the world. I didn't know this was happening right now. I thought that was an issue that was 25 years ago, but those issues are taking place not too far from where I live. So it's giving people that moment of pause to acknowledge what's happening beyond themselves. And, and my hope, and I pray that people go from an acknowledgement to how can I take action? And you have to be aware and acknowledge it. And then once you educate yourself and you become more aware, I'm hopeful that people then will engage in, in the fight, right? Engage in in the conversation. Things will happen. The youth has impressed me. I mean, you're, you're around mm-hmm. younger people mm-hmm. all the time, so you know more than me. I'm just talking about from my own experience and the people that I coach and like some kids that I mentor and stuff. I'm seeing a lot of real change, which I have not seen in a long time. They're more apathetic. You know, they're more into just their lives. Now it's like they seem a little bit more awakened. And and that's my hope is like the future is them. They're going to be our leaders in the future. And that's going to change the world, hopefully. So, no, I mean, I, I'm privileged to engage with young people on a day-to-day basis. And I'm fortunate that the kids that are student athletes at Cleveland State are special kids. They're not your normal kids, right? They're 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 elite in the classroom. They're they're elite in their in competition. They're just high achieving young people. Um, 
and to be able to watch them grow and and watch them uh, amidst COVID sacrifice things and and stand up and and ask the the right questions, it gives me it gives me hope that the future is bright. And this generation of young people are connected more than any other generation. They've grew up with iPhones and internet and computers. So the the connectivity is there. They, they, they understand and they leverage their platforms and, and leverage the fact that they can connect with people across the world. That That is the beacon. Um, and I now I'm gonna go from a, a, a leader to following those young people. <laughs> And I don't mind doing it. I don't mind being a follower and, and looking to to our to our next generation for leadership because there's there's tremendous leadership in the folks that I work with on a day to day basis. Uh, and again, I, I am so encouraged by um, the young the young people that that are behind us that are that are that have the energy, they have the creativity to mobilize to to create change. So that that's the positive. Um, perspective of it is it's challenging work the the dialogue is uncomfortable um but i'm i'm just i'm blessed to be to be around such so wonderful young people at cleveland state and in our community certainly um it's, it's been refreshing to watch and witness definitely so it it's been fun talking to you i can talk to you forever this is <laughs> this is uh great before we wrap up i always like to do a couple of things you know first my big question to everyone that comes on is when you're looking back on your journey, is there a victory, small or large, that you can say like, hey, this is what has helped me get to where I am today? What propelled you to get to where you are? You're saying like a moment or just an accomplishment? Like what, It could like, be honestly anything, big or small, that's just kind of helped you get to where you are today. I'm going to give you two, if that's okay. It's probably yeah, cheating. For sure. Me, as a young person, investing in myself, relocating from, you know, Southeast Michigan, right. In a, in that environment that I, that I got accustomed to being very comfortable in to, to relocating to Tennessee was, was an accomplishment. It was a scary moment. I, I go from a, I tell people I go from being a big fish in a small pond to a minnow in an ocean is how yeah. I would. And it was challenging and I grew and I equated to like an incubator. I was there for a year, but I felt like I was there for four. That was able to build some confidence that, hey, Tyler, you can do this thing, man. Like you're able to build relationships there. I had a really good experience at Tennessee. The people were so supportive. And so that I would say that's a career accomplishment. And then personally, my wife is my rock. She doesn't even belong on a list. She has been such a supporting person in my life her birthday was yesterday so that that that's probably why she is top of mind but the the counsel the criticism is good to have someone that can that can criticize you and, and challenge sure. you so she is a best friend my partner and an accomplishment is for her to to have an interest in marrying me because <laughs> 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 uh, i'm privileged uh, for sure attributing to my success personally and professionally and my growth is I'm, I'm indebted to her. I mean, she, she is a phenomenal part life partner. So I would, I would end with my wife. That's great. And just honestly, if you want to work in sports, you, you need that support system, whether it's your wife or your family, or you won't make it, you can't last. Right. And so that's great to see. It's great to hear. I think um, you need support. You need your support system, but you also, I think need mentors 
And True. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this one thing. This is one bit of advice that I tell everyone in terms of career is that find a mentor, right? Find uh, I call them I call it your board of directors for your career, people that you can lean on, and it doesn't have to be folks that are three or four levels above you. Your mentors can be your peers. Yep. So I think that's extremely important. And, and, and to your point, you said at the beginning of our conversation is that there are a ton of people that are willing to mentor you, right? You just have to ask. And how I ask people is I, I'm curious to know your story. People typically want to talk about themselves. It's just yeah. a human thing, right? It is. And uh, they are, they are, people are comfortable with just sharing their story and their experiences. You can learn so much about an individual. You can build a, a strong connection by affording an, an individual an opportunity to talk about their story. So any young people or people that are looking to get into the industry, go out and solicit just feedback. Go out and ask people to share their story. You'll A, you'll learn from them and their experiences. Then B, you typically can build a pretty good relationship. And that's what I've done in my career. Just ask people to share their story. So before yeah. we wrap it up, I like to always do a fun little rapid fire Q&A. Sure. Whatever comes to mind, nothing serious. Better pizza, Chicago, Detroit, or New York? Detroit, easy. I'm from Detroit. That's no <laughs> doubt. Favorite athlete growing up? Ray Allen. Ray Allen is certainly my one of my favorite athletes. He was smooth, man. I went to Marquette, so I used to see. Oh yeah, him. oh yeah. You I used to see him out on that. the town, man. He, yeah. but man, that Bucks smooth team. as butter, man. Favorite publication to read growing up? I, I can give you the books that I like. I, I, I love the Hardy Boys. That was like yeah, my thing growing up, man. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, I know how busy you are. I appreciate it. But when it comes to advice, you gave some really terrific advice. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to kind of taking it a step further, when it comes to being an uh, AD type role, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any advice that you can give someone that is just interested in going that route? It's really about your passion. You have to have a passion for this thing, right? And you have to have a, for me, it's important to to have a passion to serve other people. I am in a servant role. Like I serve our student athletes. I serve our coaches. It's not about me personally. And and I, I just learned that through being an athlete, right? Like when you're on a team and you're, you're trying to serve each other. So I would say if, if you have a, a an interest in learning, learning about what intercollegiate athletics is um, or be, or serving as a, a deputy AD or an AD, I think it's important to to have a servant mentality because if you're not, and it's more, I want to get into this business because of other factors. Could you be successful in it? I'm sure you could, but I don't think that a person would, would have the joy that I, that I'm fortunate to have because I get a chance to serve people every day. So servitude is important. That's perfect. No, well, I appreciate your time, Tyler. It's been great. So thanks again. Stay yeah, my safe. Pleasure. Stay Thank sane you. during these crazy times. My pleasure. Take care, man. My thanks again to Tyler for joining me today. He's doing some great work at Cleveland State, and I really loved his life advice. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to give us a like or a follow and definitely share the word with your friends. Last but not least, you can follow my work at DocSquad33 on Twitter or VicChoxy33 on Instagram. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next time on Victory Lab.